Elizabeth Evans, and I'm a homeschooling mom of four young kids. I'm figuring this out as I go, but I'm here to talk to Bonnie, who has been writing and speaking on the subject for over a decade and has been homeschooling for three decades. My name is Bonnie Landry, and I want to welcome you to season two of Make Joy Normal Homeschooling uh, for Everybody. And we want to thank you all, especially for your questions, your emails, your encouragement, and uh, mostly for sharing this podcast with your friends and making it a, a, a success that we never imagined. Um, I'm a homeschooling mom of 30 years. I'm a wife, a mom, a grandma. My kids are ages 14 to 33. I'm also a speaker, a writer, a blogger, and now I guess I'm a podcaster, and I'm an advocate of joy. So we uh, appreciate you joining us here to help us have this podcast help you make joy normal. Hey, good evening. Hi. Welcome back. Yes, yes. <laughs> the holidays are over. Christmas is I over. I know, yeah. We took our tree down today, so it feels very over. You know, my daughter yeah. walks in the living room and says, where's the tree? <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry about that. <laughs> I know we, we are not uh, great Catholics as my husband says, because we took our tree down a week ago, mm. but that was in part because it was not drinking water anymore. So it was definitely dying. <laughs> yeah. Our tree uh, was tinder dry for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> also, about the epiphany, so. <laughs> right. I know, but we get such a big tree. It takes up uh, the kids play space. And yeah. so yeah. You know, after the excitement of Christmas wore off and they built all their Legos, it was kind of like, all right, it's time for them to have room to rest. <laughs> <Whoa. again." laughs> Got it. Yeah. So. Yes. Okay. So um, we should just get back at it. Yeah. So let's start the new year with talking about having babies and homeschooling. <laughs> okay. Because I, I don't know about you. But they, we have had announcements of babies from so many people we know. Yeah. It's like, okay, wow. Right, right. COVID babies. That's right. I, I feel like in a year of COVID, though, it's kind of hard not to walk out with just a bunch of COVID babies coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. And I mean, the reality is that homeschooling families, you know, regardless of their philosophy, tend to be you know, fecund families, Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have more children on average than, than, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, society at large. So, yeah. So it's an important question, I think. Yeah. So there's, right. I, I think there's some specific questions around that, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of talk about, um, just the openness of, bringing another child, knowing the chaos that's already there. You know, it's, right. I think some moms and dads kind of have a hard time really being ready when the house is just in chaos. Right. I mean, yeah. 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 And I mean, life with little kids is, you know, chaotic. Right. So mm -hmm. <laughs> right. just so you know, I'm just going to say this from the outset, you know, but in my baby having years, you know, we were always, uh, you know, willing to have another baby, you know, and, and, uh, you know, sort of all in God's timing, that was, we were just okay with that. And, um, you know, and so I remember hoping my babies actually are tend to be spread quite far apart, like, like I, I sort of, you know, on average about three years, which is, you know, by the time a baby was a year and a half or two years old, I'd be thinking, oh, I just want to have another baby so badly. Right. And then when I got the positive pregnancy test, I would have this mixed reaction, you know, a part of me was thinking, oh, yay, baby. And part of me would think, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, and right. so, 
yeah, I think there's this, you know, this dualistic thing that's going on. And if we're consciously deciding to have a baby or be open to another baby, then um, yeah, we're, we're kind of, you know, uh, thinking about that all the time, right? Like, is this stupid or is this awesome? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, um, we have always kind of, we've been one of those families that have gone through the, the ebbs and flows of financial security, right? right. And, um, our first was born when we did not have a lot of money. We lived in Southern California. It, by most people's standards, we should not have started a family when right. we did, you know, but here we are 10 years later, you know, we are homeowners. We are paying our bills just fine. Yeah. You know, and so there's the big part of me that's always like, you know, God will provide. Yeah. Um, and we just have to have that kind of openness and willingness to kind of let the chips fall right uh, I know and it's such a beautiful thing to think that way it's it's learning how to think that way consistently is what's hard you know because we have a bad day and we think you know oh no you know God's not providing <laughs> you know? right. or um you know we're never going to make ends meet or whatever but you know so thinking that way consistently is is really the challenge right yeah yeah and my kids are spaced out. There's not really a definite spacing actually, because my older two are almost three years apart. My middle two are less than two years apart. And then my younger two are two and a half years apart, you know? So it's like kind of the plan that I wanted and kind of dreamed up was the two year spacing, you know, right. like almost exactly two years. Yeah. And that just didn't happen for us. And I think it's because God knew better what yeah. we could handle. Um, we have never lived near family. And so it's been kind of a challenge. Like my husband and I don't really get date nights out. I have a hard yeah. time leaving my kids with even friends because I don't want to, um, like, I don't think my kids are a burden, but I know that handing off four kids to somebody who's not used to them yeah. is a challenge right exactly yeah so you know there's a lot of them, challenges you know? yeah yeah for sure yeah that's got to be hard. right and so many young women are in that situation now right that you know they don't live near their family and um you know that's that's hard in and of itself right so it's a lot to take in and figuring out are we ready you know mm -hmm. to expand our family yeah um and I don't know about you, I get a lot of questions from moms that, you know, are maybe going from one to two that are just, you know, what is it like having two? And, you know, I kind of say one to two is, was tough, but two on is kind of a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember around the time I had my fourth, I remember listening to this woman who had nine kids and she said, Oh, one to two is really hard. Two to three is, you know, not as hard. It's not too bad. Three to four, piece of cake. And from then on, you know, and I think it's because you're, you're, you're walking through life, not, then this is what you do, right? And so your, your initial kids, it's, it's a big, steep, steep learning curve. And then there's just kind of this acceptance and knowledge of this is, this is what I do. You know, this is what I'm doing right now. This is my season. And, um, and you roll with it yeah. better. Right. And you just, you know, it just mm -hmm. is what it is. And I think that, you know, almost everybody I know that's, you know, around the time they have their third, it's like, just not a big deal anymore, you know, and it's beautiful. Right. To see that, right? You figure out a groove. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, 
I think like anything like getting married or, you know, having another child or, you know, should you switch jobs is, you know, you never, there's no real right answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes us moms can get sort of baby fever before we're ready, right? Before it really, we're, we're not necessarily in a place we're already longing, you know, as soon as one's walking, we're already longing to, to have another baby, right? So we can sort of get baby fever. Um, and so, I mean, I think more than feeling, you know, okay, am, am I ready? Um, you know, we need to think in turn, we need to sort of think bigger picture, you know, like, what will another child add to our life? You know, of course, there's difficulties to consider and um, uh, stressors to consider, you know, but ultimately, what will another child add to our life? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would, would giving another sibling to my uh, already, the children I already have, you know, be something that would be a good thing for them? Would it help them grow? Would it help them, you know, become? And um, so I think that, that you know, we maybe need to, because we're never really ready, right? We're never really ready to be homeowners. We're never really ready to be married. You can't be, you know, the same way that, you know, if somebody said to you, how do you know when you're ready to have your first baby? You can't be ready, you know, because so much of the readiness comes from just having the baby, right? And you can't really prepare yourself for that in any way. I mean, you can read books and talk to other people and all of that, but until it's your own child, you can't, you can't make the statement that you're ready, right? And anybody who says that, we would think, you don't hear people saying that, but anyone who says that, we think, no, you're not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And so I think that's with every child that you welcome into your home, you can't really be ready, right? Right. You don't know what it's like to be the mom of of three or the mom of five or the mom of whatever it is, you know, is is next for you. So, um, you know, how do we reframe the question? I'm not really sure. you know, can I, do I have support? You know, how can I, if I don't have support, how can I get support? What's it going to be like in those, you know, very, um, you know, tenuous first few weeks after bringing a baby home when, you know, all the kids are, you know, feeling their oats and, and, uh, and I'm not at the top of my game physically and all of that, how, how am I going to manage that? So maybe Mm -hmm. management is, is what we have to look at more than readiness, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I know most people think financially right off the bat, you know, Hmm. and I'm not saying, you know, if you're struggling to make your bills, that's okay. Go ahead and, you know, grow your family. But I also hesitate to assume, you know, when you feel like, oh, I could always be making more money though. That's important. My thought always goes to, but you could lose everything in a week. You know, you, nothing yeah. is really as secure there could be a as a hurricane there could. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So nothing is certain in life. And, um, there's a great quote, actually, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it fits to this conversation, but, ah, uh, I think it was Sheila Kitzinger, who's a birth writer. She said, birth is as safe as life gets. Mm-hmm. Right. She's, you know, an advocate of home birth and whatnot. And, and, and I thought, wow, you know, that's, you know, like, you know, uh, was Gandalf who said to Frodo, it's dangerous business walking out your front door. It is right. Having another baby and not having another baby are probably equally risky, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, 
uh, is that, is it imprudent? Yeah, sometimes, you know, I mean, if we were just doing it from a financial perspective, nobody would ever have children, right? Um, if we worried mm -hmm. about that, and then, and yet the same things, you know, like, oh, oh every child is going to cost you $100,000 or whatever. That's actually not true either, you know? Um, right. And I think that families who have, you know, lots of kids tend to be maybe a little more, they're the ones driving the secondhand cars and shopping at the thrift stores and, um, you know, using the hand-me-downs and all of that. They're probably using yeah. the, the world's resources a little more effectively <laughs> right which you know. I have a funny story with that my third son has you know of course all the hand-me-downs but one thing I failed to consider is that he I don't know if he's taller or maybe just longer legged I don't know what it is the clothes that fit his brothers at his age are too small on him and and so I keep just forgetting to you know replace his wardrobe with clothes that actually fit so I've started to do that recently and he is getting so frustrated because he's thinking that the clothes don't fit him the new ones right so like he'll have this nice sweater on for church that hits him just right at his hips you know <laughs> and he gets so mad because he thinks it's supposed to hit him at the top of his pants and we've had so many tears the last several weeks going to church because he's thinking that he's in the wrong size clothes <laughs> And it's all my fault because I didn't put it. You bought him new time. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, bad mom moment. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, oh. that's funny. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we uh we definitely, you know, I mean, lots of times we were you know, our, we handed down clothes to our kids. Our, I had three girls in a row and then three boys in a row. So, you know, it was nice to be able to sort of hand down like that. But um, I found with the boys, we could never hand down pants or dress shoes, like, cause they would, no. yeah, they'd burn the knees out and, and then yep. they'd come home from church and they'd hop on their bikes and they would drag their toes, yep. you know, along. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we can hand down the shirts and the sweaters and the jackets. Right. I can't even do the shirts because my son wears through the elbows of his shirts, my oldest son. So yeah, they're way harder on clothes. Oh, general, they are. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Now I will say I can, I still have the infant hand-me-downs like up through probably a year the boy clothes have lasted, but it's after they really start walking and crawling and yeah running around that it, there's yeah. no hope <laughs> so i was just thinking if the answer to that question if my answer to that question anyways is is more thinking more about um management and of coping you know in the you know sort of intense times of pregnancy and birth and having a new baby if the answer to that is more lies in management you know what are the questions then what questions does that lead to like how do i secure help Mm -hmm. Right. Um, one of those ways for me, for sure, I, I lived fairly close to my parents. Um, and so I had some support, but I also, you know, we had very differing ideas on discipline and whatnot. So I didn't necessarily feel like I could, um, you know, ask for a lot. Right. I just felt like we were just on two sides of a fence. And so, you know, I didn't ask for a lot. If we visited my parents or hit, you know, my, my in-laws was usually, they were really good people, but it was usually when I was with the kids. Right. So it didn't, I didn't feel like I was, you know, getting help in that way. Um, but 
you know, so for me, I sort of reached out to homeschooling families that I knew in my neighborhood uh, who had older kids, you know, mm -hmm. and would um, ask for help, you know, in that way, like, you know, pay somebody to babysit. I might be home, but I would, you know, pay somebody to come in and babysit one or two afternoons a week so that I, you know, felt like I could go through that. When we had our, um, gee, what baby it was, I guess our third baby, um, I knew a gal who was actually out of work at, um, at the time she was an adult, you know, like she was probably, you know, 20 or 21, um, but she was out of work. And I said, you know, would you be able to come in for a couple of weeks after Albert goes back to work? So he was home for two weeks and then, you know, she came in, I said, you know, I can't pay you a lot, but I, you know, I can pay you something, you know, minimum wage kind of thing or, or babysitting wages or whatever. Um, but could you just come in? And, you know, kind of play with the kids and help pick up and whatnot for maybe three hours every afternoon for a couple of weeks. Right. And she was glad for the work. It was easy work, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I was home. Um, you know, so I mean, that we, we those are maybe some tools for management. And I don't know, maybe you have some things to share, too, that ways that you coped um, when you had a new baby. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty terrible in that I don't really ask for help. Right. <laughs> Um, I kind of, it's a humbling thing. Yeah. I kind of end up trying to grit my teeth and work my way through. And, um, my husband's job offers a very good paternity leave. Um, so, I mean, we've only had that for our youngest, um, who's now two, but, um, it's, that was a blessing. Um, my mom has also been able to come out right around, due date time to be yeah. with the kids if you know when I go into labor um but I really do have a hard time asking and accepting help and I've got lots of people that are very generous in offering um yeah but I have a hard time gauging whether or not it's you know like truly offering like please call me if you need anything or is it I'm saying this to be nice, but I also hope you don't really take me up on it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, probably not. They probably earnestly right. want to help. I wonder if one tool that we could employ would be like for somebody, you know, it, cause it is hard to ask for help, right? It's, it's very, very humbling. And, um, but I wonder if we could create a list, you know, of maybe, you know, I don't know, 10 or a dozen things that, that would things that would be really helpful, like take the kids to the park for an afternoon or, mm -hmm. um, you know, bring a meal by or whatever, and just put things on a list. And if somebody says, Hey, is there anything I can do to help? I really want to help out. If you could just like, you know, take a snapshot and send them the list and say, if, you know, absolutely. If there's anything on this list you could do, mm -hmm. that would be terrific. If not, you know, whatever works for you, you know, but that way, because usually people don't know how to help. They want to be as helpful as possible. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll just share a story. My mother-in-law, um, came over while I was in the hospital when I had my second my mother-in-law came over to my house and bless her heart you know she she tied up house and whatnot which was really sweet while I was in the hospital for a couple of days and um but she you know because she hadn't asked me you know what can I do specifically she tore took all the sheets off the bed and washed everything and put them back on the bed which was lovely but I had done it like two days before oh. and so it wouldn't have been something that was on my list but I yeah. might have you know had other things that you know that I uh I could have thought of or whatever like yeah the floors are really horrible or whatever you know and I felt like she kind of wasted her time yeah um 
you know, but, but how handy would that be? Right. For somebody, I I mean, I would love that if somebody handed me a list of 10 things and I could just pick, Oh, Hey, yeah, I can do that. Right. That'd be helpful. Yeah. And I also want to circle back because I know I have friends that listen and I want to make sure they know that I know that they're sincere, you know, I'm talking about other people that maybe are more just kind of your passing candid friendships that will offer stuff and you do. Yeah. Or people you go to church with or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I do know my friends who are very sincere. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So that might be helpful. Was there other questions sort of around this topic? Uh, Yeah. Um, if we could kind of talk about, um, maybe more on an emotional level, um, kind of the idea, kind of trying to homeschool. And I, I took this question to kind of mean homeschooling through the, maybe the insecurities of, of growing the family. Um, I interpreted it as maybe, you know, like those initial fears when you're first pregnant. Um, I know whenever I'm first pregnant, I, go for weeks of being terrified of miscarriage, which I know is a lot of women's fears. Yeah. Um, but those fears and insecurities kind of come across as, as anger. And also, um, I kind of separate myself more from my other kids. And I know it's not a good thing to do. And I try very hard not to, but there are days where you just kind of help it. You can't help it. And I, I specifically fall into almost the a depressive state of just like, I just have to sit and I just have to get through this, you know? And so I don't know how many other women struggle similarly with that kind of stuff, but it can make it hard to homeschool through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, um, you know, if we can get support, like if we can um, feel like, say there's a co-op that our kids go to, if, if, we can get them there and maybe say, you know, to the moms, if you normally stay or something like that, or help out, it's just, you know, for the next six or eight weeks, can I just bow out or can I just be, be there, Mm -hmm. but not really be involved? Um, You know, if we let the people around us know how we're feeling, right. I think that that really helps a lot because, you know, I'm, of course they're going to say, Oh no, for sure. Yeah. And if you just want to drop your kids off, that's okay. Right. You know, we know this is temporary. This is not your, this is not your normal. Right. Right. Um, and also expressing that to our husbands. I mean, husbands, you know, fortunately if we have enough kids, our husbands sort of figure out at some point that, you know, pregnancy has its, you know, down times for many of us and, or, you know, they, they know how to respond or hopefully they learn how to respond um, you know, to what we're going through. Um, but you know, if we can express that even to our kids as they get a little older, um, Mm -hmm. of course, little kids can't really understand it, but you know, a a four-year-old, a five-year-old, you know, if you can say, you know, when I'm pregnant, you know, my, um, my brain doesn't work the same way. It doesn't feel very, very tired. And, you know, just express it in teen, you know, terms that they can absorb, Right. That if we can say that to them, you know, that not that we expect them to sort of pull their weight or understand even, but that we can at least express it, um, you know, and then maybe we're going to be less likely to, to feel bad or to bark at them or to whatever that they, they're just bringing them into the reality of the situation, right? right. You know, and preparing them for it. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm first pregnant, I just, there's a, usually a grace period for when, um, you know, morning sickness starts. And it was a, that was a really down time for me. I was just laying on the couch for six weeks that, um, you know, the grace period being uh, feeling not as bad 
maybe tired or whatever and you know preparing the kids is you know i'm going to start to feel sick and that's a good thing when i feel sick it's a good thing because it means mm-hmm. my hormones are all working and um and all that but you know i might not be able to do the things that i did for a few weeks right right and um you know and it will go away and you know or preparing them for when the birth of the baby happens or the late years and i mean the nice thing about the big part of pregnancy when you're big and heavy is that it's so obvious that you're right not yourself right it's the right. early weeks i think that are that are hard um but you know so i mean if we can bring our kids into that conversation i think that really helps a lot right and your kids are getting old enough now too. you know, you can sort of bring, bring kids along. I mean, even when you had your daughter a couple of years ago, probably your older two, or at least your oldest one with, you know, you can kind of prepare them in a sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I, and I do agree with all that. I know that in the past I've, you know, um, I'll tell my kids, you know, they come to me, can you read me this book? And it's like, no, I really can't. Cause I feel very nauseous right now, you know, yeah. and, and they'll ask, well, what does that mean? And I'd explain to them, you know, I just feel, you know, that feeling right before you need to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they understand that. And so, um, my son would, you know, come to me, you know, are you feeling nauseous right now? Or can you read a book? You know, just this Aww. very, like, you That's know, he's, tender, right? he's, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's, he's, trying to gauge how I'm doing while also getting his needs met. And, yeah. you know, I, I really, you know, that was great of him to do. And then Amazing. my other son, you know, had gone through a phase where it was like the big bear hugs. Right. And, you know, I didn't want to not hug him. So I just told him, I said, we have to be gentle with mommy for a little yeah. while, you know, like, please still hug me, but just gentle hugs, you know, and, yeah. and kids do understand that little stuff. So yeah, I think so, you know, and, and also, I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of our fears about, you know, welcoming a new baby into the household is that, okay, whatever it is, you know, I mean, maybe you sail through pregnancy and then have a hard time, you know, after the baby's born kind of adapting and whatever, or maybe you have a difficult beginning or difficult ending or both, or, you know, whatever pregnancy sort of throws at you, um, or just adding to the general, you know, chaos of family life. Um, but I think that a lot of times our fears is, is what about all the things that need to be checked off? Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the, one of the things that we need to look at is maybe it's important to have less to check off, right. Um, In terms of education, in terms of, so maybe we reduce down homeschooling to that, you know, unless your kids are really independent with a topic, like if they're old enough that they do math on their own or, you know, whatever, there's things they study on their own, which for my, you know, in my family has come really late, like more like high school age. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we just read together. Maybe we just listen to audio books. Maybe dad takes over some of the, um, some of the reading when I'm feeling really sick, you know, whatever, uh, however we need to cope with that. Um, You know, but, but having less to do, right. And, um, yeah. you know, I think we've talked about this before, but the idea of making what, what matters kind of really small, right? And sometimes, you know, if we're experiencing trauma of some sort, we've been in a car accident, we, you know, have a elderly parent who's very sick, you know, we experience a, a loss of a, a loved one or whatever, we all, everything falls away, mm-hmm. right? And we know what really, really matters, right? Bare minimum, you know, we go down to bare minimum. What matters is my people, 
right? Yeah. And helping them get through this and helping myself get through this and, you know, loving all the people through it. We have to think about pregnancy um, and a new baby in the same way, right? We yeah. just have to remove all the expectations from ourself, ourselves to, to do all the big things, right? Yeah. And to say, none of that matters right now. You know, right. this is a season and it's short, right? It's short. Yeah. So, you know, we'll just uh, be okay with what is right. And maybe that right. means, you know, the house is a disaster and all you have is you eat off paper plates or whatever it is you do, right. However you, cope yeah. with that, you know, yeah. um, but we have to let all the scales fall away because this is, a, these are big things in our lives. Like even people who have big families, you know, you know, six, seven, eight kids, nine kids more, you know, it's a very limited amount of your life that you're, you know, actually having that early morning pregnant, that early morning sickness, the brand new newborn, it's only six weeks. Each of those things are only six weeks and right. you know, whatever, you know, whatever. We just have to let go. Yeah. 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 Um, I think also given this topic, um, we could also touch a little bit upon how, you know, we as moms might feel, you know, it doesn't matter how much we want another child, there is still a lot of things that I don't want to say we forget about, but, um, I know one thing is given my athleticism with CrossFit, you know, whenever I've been pregnant, having to scale back is so hard, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's one thing to, you know, go down and wait, but when you also have to watch your heart rate and, you know, so you can't go hard and really get that cardio pump going. Yeah. you know, there are things like that. And, you know, for other women, it could be, you know, not exercise related, but, you know, maybe there's a, I don't know, a product that they like to use that they can't use for nine months. Yeah. Know? Or they can't have a glass of wine or whatever. Right. Yeah. There's many, most of us experience sacrifice at some level for sure. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's hard. And sometimes, you know, so we have to go into it knowing, you know, that, that, that just is. And I, again, I think the more kids you have, the more that becomes like, okay, well, it's a season and, you know, and it'll all be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> right. Right. Um, then there is also uh, to note that with pregnancy, because hormones are crazy, you know, things like depression and anxiety can tend mm -hmm. to get worse as well. You yeah. know, and again, that's, that's a season it's you know nine months or less of going through that but that it feels like an eternity when you're in the middle uh, of it you know oh you know when I I was pregnant it was interesting because I'm very extroverted and and um you know like to be around a lot of people and like you know a lot of change and, and things like that and when I was pregnant I didn't really want to see people mm -hmm. you know and I knew it was good for me um, but it took me two or three pregnancies to realize that this is part of the reaction that I was having, that I didn't really want to be around people. And that actually kind of sucked me down a little further. Yeah. So even though I was not, you know, I sort of became non-extroverted, mm -hmm. you know, when I, uh, when I was pregnant just for this period of time. And as soon as I wasn't pregnant anymore, it just went away. Yeah. Um, but it was, it didn't, I wouldn't say I felt depressed or, or anxious, even just not social, not wanting yeah. to be hanging out with people, not feeling, you know, I don't know, just maybe energy less low or something like that. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and yet it, I had to push myself a little bit to be around people sometimes because I knew it was really good for me. Otherwise I would sort of get into kind of a dark place. 
Yeah. Yeah. With my third son, with his pregnancy, I, it was my worst anxiety ever. It it was a place Mm -hmm. I'd never been before. And it just felt very isolating. And, um, it was right after we had left California. So we weren't near any of our friends. Um, and I, I remember I was in the doctor's office. Well, I had family that time, but you know, they had their stuff that they, you know, school and work and, um, and I just remember it was like a week before my son was due. And I went in for the, you know, my appointment and I wasn't dilated at all. And I just broke down in tears and I was like, I can't do this anymore. You have to induce me. And my doctor was kind of alarmed by that. And he goes, why? And I said, I have the worst anxiety ever. I can't even function. And he goes, well, that's a pretty good reason to induce you. You're well within, you know, the okay time period. And yeah, yeah, so that was really rough. That was a rough delivery too. Just, you know, nothing went wrong, but it was just when you're in that place, it's hard. But, you know, then I had my body and your mind weren't ready, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and so it was kind of easy to think that my next pregnancy would be the same. And it was my best pregnancy. My fourth was, I was so happy. It was my least anxious I've ever been, you know, and I was back to being really social again. So that's kind of another thing to look at. You know, every pregnancy is different, you know, so it, it might not be as bad as it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be worse. You know, I mean, that's unfortunately, you know, that's, we, we just never quite know uh, what we're getting into, but, you know, back to the sort of original point we're making, you know, you wake up every single morning, not really knowing what you're getting yourself into, right? I think what makes welcoming another baby into kind of the already sort of, you know, business of homeschooling and raising kids and all of that is that we're doing it consciously. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just like, okay, I woke up this morning and stepped on Lego, or I woke up this morning and the kids were vomiting. I woke up this morning and, you know, my husband lost his job. It's something you're, you're choosing, right? Right. It's like, I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever had elective surgery, but the weird thing about elective surgery is that you're electing it, right? right. Like, you know, you're there and, you know, to get your surgery, you think, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> they're not that bad. I don't really need surgery here. Right. You know, where if you just have to have a surgery, well, that's different. You're not yeah. thinking those thoughts. But I think that, you know, something this along the same lines, it's like, okay, this is, uh, this is just such a bad idea. Right. <laughs> All the repercussions come, you know, bouncing off your brain. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's with, you know, having more kids, you're also looking at, you're losing a little bit of your control, right? Mm-hmm. And, we as like, human like we beings. have control right <laughs> right 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 but that's what we you always think you are, do. yeah you think you do. right we we want that control we find ways to control you know whether it's like cleaning being on task to clean or yeah. scheduling those are our ways of controlling and with pregnancy and the like you're it's not in your control and that's really yeah. hard yeah yeah it's crazy eh? yeah yeah so so yeah i guess there's not any sort of clear-cut answer but certainly um, lots to chew on about, uh, you know, support and managing and, and all of that. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, I know I've said this before, but again, don't be having people in your life who are negative, right? If you want to have another baby or you're having another baby and there's negative people, you know, whatever they can think, whatever they want to think, 
but don't be around them if they're sucking the life out of you, right? We don't have to do that. Even if they're people, you know, your parents or in-laws or whatever, you know, you can make your weekly phone call or you can make your weekly, you know, 20 minute drop in to visit or whatever, but you do not have to put yourself um, in the mouth of a lion, right? Yeah. You're not required to do that, you know? Um, and, and those things just make you second guess all of your concerns and fears that you had in the first place. So, right. you know, it's, it's okay. You know, you can limit your, um, your social activity or your um, interaction with people who are negative about your life choices, whether it's homeschooling or having another baby or, um, right. you know, whatever it is you you've decided to do. And those things tend to come under fire quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is particularly difficult, especially because people are not having as many kids as they once were, right? My, both my parents come from a family of six. My yeah. husband's mom comes from a family of 12, wow. you know, but you don't hear about that. Normal. Yeah. It was just more normal, right? Right. You know, so we have, we have one other family that has five kids that we are interacting with, you know, on a regular basis. But other than that, it's a lot of families with one kid or maybe two. Yeah. And so I personally just feel more under a magnifying glass, you know, if we're to have right. more God willing, you know, yeah. what's that going to look like? How's that yeah. going to feel to, you know, be under that magnifying glass even more, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think, you know, and I, I know that sounds like a harsh thing to say, but, you know, um, if people have a problem with the way you live, that's their problem and, and you have to let them work it out. And if it means requiring, um, you know, space so that you don't get sucked down, then you, you are, you know, you have my permission to take that space. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so is that, uh, is, do you think that's a wrap? Yeah, I do. All right. So um, please, we have a few topics uh, on our roster, but if anybody wants to submit questions, please, um, please feel free to do so on Make Joy Normal or via Instagram or email on my website, whatever, whatever suits you best. And, um, you know, we will, we will try and work them in with other questions as they come up. And uh, yeah, so God bless everybody. Nice to be Thank back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good night. Bye.